expectation from him. To know him in a way you never seen him like this. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us more and more by the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we'd like to thank you. The Bible says to enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter to thank you and your courts with praise. We thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. You're worthy to be praised. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you prepare your bride, pure and blameless before you, purify our hearts, and cleanse our conscience by your precious blood. I thank you, Lord, that you are after a pure bride. I pray, Lord, by the Spirit of grace, that you prepare each one of us here today can be true to you where our call to you can be true that we before we even lift our hands to you I pray Lord that you allow this to take place in our hearts so that we can approach you with confidence because no longer we live for ourselves but for the Father's will we pray for this grace Lord to be in us so that we do not deceive ourselves I pray, for, I pray for this truth to enter us, Lord, so that we don't serve any foreign gods or we don't serve anything that raises itself above your throne. I pray for this truth to enter us, Lord. Thank you. Heal them. You refresh them. You wash them. Allow them to fight the good fight of faith. I pray for her. her you're the meaning why I'm still living, and I love you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you bless every person here, that they may know you even greater. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here with us to prepare us. For our resting place. Amen. 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 How are we all today? We good? Amen. Uh, I'll, I'll just get Renee. Renee, if you can come up for a sec, Renee. Come up and preach. Um, Renee has a daughter. Um, she's in the Lord also. And she's struggling um, to pay rent. And Renee reached out to me if we can help as a body. So if you feel led to give, um, you can give to either my wife or yeah. Renee. She's going um, to Canberra this Friday. No. no. Oh, sorry. She's going to America. Sorry, I thought she was in Canberra. It's a good day. So she's going to America this Friday, and her daughter is struggling. So if you want to bless her, it's on your heart, um, then it will be good. Okay? Thank you, Renee. Thanks. <clears throat> okay. Um, how many hands um, up people here on Wednesday? Last Wednesday? That's fantastic. 
Okay. So, couldn't you put your hands up again, please? Okay. So, what did we learn from last Wednesday? That the that the greatest the greatest attack from Satan is to to put his throne above the throne of God. The greatest attack from if there is something that he longs for in every believer's life is to raise his throne above the throne of God. And we learned this on Wednesday, the, 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 the way that he does this. The way that we lift the, th the, the throne of Satan, unfortunately, above the throne of God, is when we live for ourselves. You remember this, yeah? Today, it's common to live for yourself. You, you'll be a fool if you don't. This world teaches you this. But Jesus teaches you that he died so that you no, no longer live for yourself. And this is when you surrender. This is when you see the fruits naturally follow you. It's true. James tells you that faith demands fruits. Why so many people don't see the fruits of Christ in their life is because they live for themselves. Don't, you, don't deceive yourself. If you don't have fruits following you, there's only one alternative that you're living for self. And this is a challenging word, but it's the truth. James says that faith without works, it's dead. And the reason why we produce no fruit, there's many reasons, but the, the major reason is that we live for ourselves. And that's the greatest way Satan lifts his throne above the throne of God. And we learned this last Wednesday, that the greatest stronghold that Satan wants to put on humanity today is to live for self. Yes? How many people live for themselves? How many people are available for the gospel? How many people have a heart to go out and help those who are in need? How many people have a mindset of the kingdom that they are to preach the gospel, repentance, salvation, dead works, acts that lead to death? How many people have a mindset and a heart to go out and to be that person Christ wants him to be. And do you just go out when you read the gospel straight away and you start preaching? No, there's a, there's a system you go through. And it's a spiritual system. But if Satan wants to do something to you today, it's to lift his throne above the throne of God. And the way he does it is so cunning. It's true, yeah? He, he, he's so cunning in doing this because... He's not behind that. You're behind that. He allows you to look in the mirror yourself. You deserve better. You need to focus more on yourself and your family. So I'm a family man. And I can't tell you the things that the Lord done for me. I wasn't going to share this. I wanted my daughter to be here. 
to share what the Lord done for my daughter. My daughter, <laughs> it's special. But my daughter, my eldest daughter, Mariah, um, she, for four years, we pray, and she would nag me. I want to see Jesus Christ. And to be honest, um, in the beginning of our journey, I was getting sent out so much. I was meeting in the beginning, especially in between 50 to 100 people a week. I was meeting a week. That's how much I was out. And, and yes, I invest my time with my family. I'm a family man. I have a lovely family, thank God. But my heart is to do the will of the Father. And yes, the first foundation is your family. But I invested so much time outside in other families, in other people that were broken, in other people that were challenged and couldn't get out of their situation. I invested my time in all these people that are here and much more that I don't even speak about because I know my role as a believer. But I want to tell you something Jesus has done for me. My, my daughter, every time we prayed for around four years, she nagged me, she won't see Jesus Christ. And in a way, in a way, in a way, there was a part of me that I'm, I'm going out, I'm going out. And I'm investing all my time in the outside world, which is God's family. And I look back and I see my children would pray, I'll do everything I can with, with the time that I have. I use it wisely. But then, one night, two angels came to my daughter Mariah. And they, they said, come, we want to take you to see Jesus. And this is after four years of nagging me, when am I going to see Jesus? She was so fixated on this. And the two angels came and took her, took her to a golden gate. One day I'm going to get her to share it herself. But they took her to a golden gate and, and the angel said that Jesus is there. And his face was shining with light. She couldn't see his face. It was all light. And then she asked the angels, my, my daughter's telling me this. She goes, the whole road was gold. She goes, it was gold all the way up to where I saw Jesus on the stairs. And the angels said, you saw him now. You have to go back down. Then she said, which house does Jesus live in? And the angels said, the biggest house. That's what the angel said to my daughter Mariah. So she ran up the stairs at 7 o'clock in the morning, and she told me, Dad, I saw Jesus. Dad, I saw Jesus. And she was so excited. Months later, the Holy Spirit said to me, that because, now pay attention, okay? Pay attention. Look what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, because you, you invested your time in other families, other children, I invested my time in your daughter. He said, I done what you can't do all your life. I revealed myself to her. Pay attention to this. 
pay attention to this. Someone will think, I don't give my time to my family. I do. But my greatest desire is to do the Father's will. And yes, we love our family. We nurture them. We bring them up in the way of the Lord. But the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, because you invested in families, you invested in other children that were suffering, I invest my time in your daughter. <laughs> I share this with you. What the Holy Spirit said to me, what I can do all my life, what I can't do all my life, Jesus has done it by me having a heart for his family. You see? Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit said, because you invested your time in families and other people's children, I invested my time in your daughter. Jesus revealed herself. Jesus revealed himself to her. That's something that I cannot do for a lifetime. Think about it yourself. I leave you with that. I leave you with that in your heart. So many people tell me, I'm always out preaching. I always get invited. God does it. But you know my true heart? I can't see a family suffering anymore. And I have the wisdom and the keys to show them the truth. The Bible says, whatever you've received freely, you give it out freely. Jesus gave me freedom in my mind, freedom in my heart, freedom in my body. And I teach people this. I can't wait to share people so they can get out of their problems. But the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, what you couldn't do in a lifetime, I'd done in a moment. Is there anything greater than raising a family and Jesus himself coming to them? Is there anything greater? Is there anything greater? There's nothing greater. Because when Jesus comes to them, their life's complete. So many people, they discipline their children out of fear of failing, fear of rebelling. <laughs> yeah? How many people? We have to preach to them so they don't fall. We have to preach to them so the world doesn't take them away from us. Most people discipline their children in fear. We have to pray so they don't get attacked. Most families discipline their children in fear. And the Holy Spirit freed my soul when he said this treasure to me. Treasure for me. The, my greatest desire now, me and my wife, is to raise a family that follow Christ. We can say that. And it's a full-time job. You know, but Jesus taught me this principle. Let this speak to your heart. That's the treasure of how the Lord protects my family. I don't neglect them, but my heart is to do the Father's will. And thank God my wife released me for that. I am what I am today because of my wife. All the hours that I invest with God and the missions, she, she serves me and the family cheerfully. And, and 
And this is the reason why I'm here to today. Thank God. It's a fine balance. But what Jesus said to me, freed my soul. Freed my soul. Think about that. This is a treasure for you. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it when I was worshipping the Lord here, and the Holy Spirit said, you share it. The book of Proverbs tells us that when you refresh others, God will refresh you. But is that why I do it? No. Because I love the Lord. <laughs> I love the Lord. He's my life. Okay. The next topic. We go to Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. As you know, last week I spoke about are you really under God's discipline or are you under Satan's warfare? It's a good question. And I really believe a lot of lives will be brought back into order when they hear this teaching. Thank God. Can I ask you the question? I ask you the question. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, what was really the issue with the people? the people that were destroyed in the wilderness, what was really the deepest problem that God had with those people? Just one at a time. Unbelief, disobedience, what's that? Their hearts, complaining. Yeah, that's good. That's good confirmation. We're going to go one step deeper today to see, unfortunately, have we really changed from the Old Testament? And <laughs> you're going to begin to think deeply inside of what has Jesus Christ really delivered you from? Because a lot of people tell me that Jesus is my Lord, but He's the Lord over which area? What is he dominating in your life? Because if he is the Lord, it means that he's the one that controls you. So every teaching, by the grace of God, is given by the Holy Spirit. But we're going to go one step deeper to see what, what was really the problem with the people that were led in the wilderness. So let's go here. We go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. <clears throat> okay. It says here, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds. So we established last week that the, <coughs> that the meaning of strongholds is for Satan 
to magnify his throne in your heart above the throne of God. And we established last week that the way he does this is when he gets you to serve yourself. A selfish life. We also spoke about that Jesus died on the cross so that you no longer live for yourself. Most Christians will say Jesus Christ died and to enter salvation. But not many people know why Jesus actually died on the cross. He died to destroy the works of the devil. He died so that you no longer live for the flesh but the spirit. He said now we're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. So are we. So you begin to see, you begin to see why Jesus Christ appeared. The Bible says, Paul tells you that grace has appeared. It teaches us to not all ungodliness. So, so many people, I believe, Christians, they don't have the full package. Jesus wants us to have the full package. He doesn't want us to be strong in one area. He wants us to be strong in every area. Does that make sense? And this is what I feel now where the Holy Spirit's taking me. God wants us to have the full package where we are strong and effective in every area. But not many people know which area to focus on. So we're going to see here what God really had a problem in the Old Testament. And it's pretty deep. And I'll show you some hidden treasures from the teachings of David. Okay. So it says here, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds. So we established that. Next one. <coughs> Casting down imaginations. Now this is what I'm going to speak about. We read the scripture every single time when the devil comes against us. Do we actually know what it means? I'm going to go through it from the old to the new. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. So let's, 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 let's establish something. When you accept Jesus Christ, it's just the beginning. There is such a system you have to go through until, until what? Until what? Your obedience is fulfilled. So you begin to see, it's not how you start, it's not how you finish, it's how you cooperate with him. And this is something we're going to go into now. Okay, let's go. So the word <coughs> for all those who have Esod, I think it's safe now to begin to allow people to get Esod. They're not going to pick on me for the different types of words. And so the word casting down is from the, from the Greek 2507. And the word is kathahiroho. Kathahiroho. That's the word. No, it's all right. It's all right. So, so Tammy's got the new revised standard. This is the, in the deepest one. So, Kathahiroho. So, that word, casting down, can we go back to that scripture? I'm going to break those two words and then I'm going to flow from that. Casting down. So, the strongs for that is 2507. Kathahiroho. And the word means to demolish, to pull down, to destroy as one crucified. 
To detach from the cross, meaning detach from the flesh. So this is a mixture of the Strong's and the Thaya Dictionary that defines that word in the Esod. As one crucified, to detach from the cross, meaning to detach from the flesh. Now, another one here. The subtle reasoning of opponents likened to a fortress, which we should refute and destroy, meaning we should not have difficulties to discern or perceive the difference between truth and falsehood. So let me just go back there. Here it's saying here that we shouldn't have difficulties to have discernment. To hear what God is saying and to hear what Satan is saying. Okay? So, let's go into this treasure. So, the word imagination has seven different meanings from the old to the new. Seven different Hebrew and Greek translations. It's actually so, it's actually so powerful. It's the first time I look at it. But I'm going to go through each one of them to show you how Satan is so strategic in setting up his kingdom inside of you through, through your imagination. Everything, everything that a believer does from the outside is a result of their imagination. Just pay attention now. Because I'm going to steer you to something deeper. I'm going to steer you to something deeper. Everything we do from the outside, all the limits, all the restrictions, all the boundaries, everything that we go through as a believer is a result of our imagination. It happens here first in our imagination, and then it takes place. So if there is one area that Satan wants to attack, it's your imagination. Who God is and how you think about yourself in what God says about you. He attacks these two major areas. So let's go. <clears throat> the word imagination comes from four Hebrew words in the Bible. We're ready? The first word is Yetzah. Yetzah, Shedarith. Mahekashabo and Maskis. So these are the words. Be patient with me, please. Now, I'm speaking about warfare. I'm not speaking about the mind of Christ. I'm speaking about Satan first. So, so this teaching is about exposing him. Okay? Are you with me? This teaching is about exposing Satan in your imagination. So I'm going to be speaking about all those scriptures, about your imagination, and how God dealt with that. Before we move into the mind of Christ. I really believe before God can pour anything into you, He has to undo. Yes? So when He un undoes something in you, you're aware of it. Yes? Something just doesn't leave for the sake of leaving. You have to be aware of it. And I really, I really believe that we get it wrong. We try, to un we try to feel something where the first principle is to undo. 
undo, then he fills you, it stays. The reason why we're not getting truly filled from the Holy Spirit is because we don't know what's happening inside of our imagination. We think, is it Satan? Is it our own heart? Why are these things continuously coming? We do a good job on blaming everything else but our hearts. We do a very good job, but you're going to see here what God says about it. And this is deep because nothing's changed from the old to the new. Yes, we have a saviour, but I really believe that people struggle to see their own imagination. Because you have, is an imagination evil? God created your imagination. Yeah? What does Satan want to do? He wants to enter the very place where God dwells. And today, so many people are serving the flesh. So many people are prone to sin. They're prone to the flesh. They're prone to their natural senses. That's why so many people have uh, difficulties of letting God in. And can I say it like this? The grace of God has appeared. It teaches us. What is the grace of God? It's a training. Does that mean you can drop your guard? That, does that mean you're complete when you begin? It's a training. What is Satan trying to do is to train you to live for him. Train you to keep you in bondage. Train you to keep you in fear. Train you for you to lust for the world, to lust over sin. Satan, whatever God wants to do, Satan wants to mimic. Are we understanding? Yes? So the very place that God wants to rule and reign is the very place that Satan also wants to follow. And so many people are not knowing how to deal with these things. And I really believe they don't know how to deal with it because they can't see it. You know, in the last two years, how many people I confronted, and I don't say this to boast, how many people I confronted regarding their behavior, regarding characteristics of Satan, regarding things that they have to deal with. See, if God lets you see something, use it to help them. Don't use them to punish it for it. If God's given you a grace to see, eyes to see, and ear to hear, use it to help people. This is the true gift of God operating in a person. So in the last two years, very heavily, I've been so involved in character building, behavior building. Because once that place is right, everything connects together. Amen? Okay, so let's look. So Yetzah, Shararith, Makeshabo, and Maskith. So the first word is Yetzah. This is the word imagination. There's seven different meanings. So you think, is Paul using a word lightly? Or is it something that we have to look deeply at? Okay, so I'm going to take my time with this. I don't want to rush it. Just because I have to finish. I just want to take my time. So Yetzah is the Hebrew. Triple three, six. Yetzah is the translation of imagination. It speaks a shaping, hence a thought. So Yetzah defines as a shaping inside of your imagination or a thought. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. I'm going to go through all these scriptures. I really want you to get this. 
So look here. The real issue, the real issue that God had from the beginning was what? What was the real issue? Look here. <clears throat> Genesis 6, 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So you begin to see why a person sins, why a person operates in this way. It's because it's happening in his imagination. You know the question you're going to ask yourself today? What is really inside of me? You're going to begin to think inside. What is really happening inside of me? If there's anything you can get from this, is to look in your own heart. Because your heart, what does your imagination reflect? Your, imagine, your imagination reflects what's inside your heart. So your imagination entertains everything that's stored here. So let's say, let's say all the people here, Lord, bless me. Lord, guide me. What God does, he puts his hand and he begins to show you what's inside of your imagination. So let's say sin continuously comes. Let's say a life of disobedience continually comes. It's happening really inside. So let's keep going. Next scripture. So, so can we just go back there quickly? So God flooded the earth. God judged the earth because the imagination of their thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Next scripture. Genesis 8.21. Genesis 8.21. And the Lord smelled a sweet saviour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So this goes to show us that our carnal nature, our carnal nature has to be crucified. We've, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Our spirits have been redeemed. But we have a battle continuously to punish all disobedience. Romans tells you to make no provision for the flesh. So to fulfill that desire. Ephesians tells you that we are to push those fiery darts away. Ephesians 6.16. We are to put the armor of God. So it shows you here that we have a job to do. And that scripture that I quoted, 2 Corinthians, to take every thought captive to the mind of Christ. That's our role as a Christian. Why? Because Satan's working in the background. Why? Why? To trap you. To get into the imagination of your heart. And it's ongoing. Accuser of the saints, day and night. It's an ongoing battle. And you have to be awake, sober. Now look here. And the Lord smelled a sweet savior. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore, anymore everything living as I have done. So we know that the real issue in the Old Testament was the imagination of the mind of the heart. So what are you really entertaining inside? So many people deal with sin, I rebuke this sin. But something keeps on coming. It shows you that it's deeply rooted now. We're speaking about something deeper now. 
when something continuously surfaces in your heart, God's showing you that that's your heart. Be responsible. Be truthful with the Lord. So let's say we blame things on Satan and you approach the throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood to receive mercy and help in time of need, but you're not the one behind it. So next scripture, First Chronicles 28.9. I'm going to quickly just go through these. And though Solomon, my son, know that the God of the Father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind, for the Lord search all heart and understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. If that seek him, he will be found of thee, but if they forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Isaiah 26.3 Thou would keep in perfect peace whose minds is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. So Yetzah here, Yetzah is translated as the mind. It's the same word. We're going through the word Yetzah now. So that will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So now imagination is translated as the mind. We keep going. Deuteronomy 31.21 Now here, we pay deeper attention now. Where does God focus on? Look, you know why I'm bringing this to you? Because you begin to really look deeply inside your heart. Yeah? We can pray, we can look good as Christians, but God really sees what's inside of our hearts. And that's the truth. God is looking for truth in man's heart. And we have a substitute, we have Jesus Christ to save us. But he's looking for truth in your heart. That you speak the truth to him. Believe me. And it shall come to pass when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness, for it shall not be gotten out of their mouths of their seed. For I know the imagination which they go about, even now before I have brought them into the land which I swore. So God looks at what? The imagination of your heart, the imagination of your mind. And he focuses there. Now this is a scripture before he was bringing them into the promised land. So you begin to see with every promotion, with every promotion, with every promotion and blessing, where does it come from? God sees your heart that it's becoming like him. Make no mistake. God sees your heart becoming like him. Make no mistake. Nothing from the old to the new has changed. But now we have a Savior who can help us. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. But with every promotion, it comes when your heart becomes like Jesus. We are to walk as Jesus walked. Okay, Psalms 103, verse 14. It says, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Now, this here, frame, is the same word as yetzah. So, look at this here. Frame is defined as a purpose. Pay attention now. Frame is defined as a purpose, a mind, work, and imagination. So, you begin to see, my imagination, what is my purpose on earth? You begin to see in focus. Now, we get to the deeper one. 
the not so good one. That word is shedadith. That's uh, from Hebrews 8.3.0.7 for those who are following. So we go to... Uh, I'll, I'll explain what that word means. So the word shedadith means meaning in a sense to be twisted. Okay, are we focusing now? The next word for imagination is shedadith. Hebrews 8.3.0.7 the, the meaning of that word is a sense to be twisted. Now, what does the enemy do before he, before he eats you? What does the snake do before he eats you? He twists himself around you. Yes, unfortunately. But that's what Satan does. He twists the word in you. Now, there's Satan, the serpent, and there's Leviathan. They work in the same area. They try to twist the word in you. Now, I'm not going to tell you why the word gets twisted. I'm just going to describe what he does. Now the next big one. This was the same tool he used against Jesus. When Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, he attacked his imagination. Shedadith means to have an imagination of lust. You remember in 2 Corinthians, it says... We demolish, can we put that scripture up please? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. I just want to show you how Paul connects his teaching. It says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where did Satan take Jesus? To a high place. You start to see, I start to understand. He took him to a high place. Now you're going to see something about David that will blow you away. Of why David fell. He was a man after God's heart, but he fell in the beginning. I'll show you why he fell. Okay. The third word. The third word for shedadith means to have an imagination of stubbornness. So number one, twisted. Number two, lust. What does John say? The lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. So these are the three areas that Satan focuses his attack against the believers today and very easily people fall to them unfortunately but it's the truth the shedadith means to be an enemy of god it means to have a hardness of heart yeah it's pretty deep we'll go to jeremiah thirty-one seventeen. i just want to quickly go through these scriptures Oh, so just leave that one out. I think I made a mistake here. Go to Jeremiah 7.24. Okay. <clears throat> but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels in their own imagination of their evil heart, and went backwards and not forward. So what was the issue here? They stopped hearing with their heart and ears. What did Jesus say? They stopped all throughout Jesus' teaching. They stopped hearing with their heart. Their hearts become callous. They stopped hearing with their ears. So it goes to show you now that nothing's changed. But I'll keep going. Jeremiah 
Now, this teaching links up with Jude, chapter Jude, before Revelation. I'm going to preach about this one day. Because I've done a study three weeks ago about the spirit of Balaam and how he actually infiltrated the church in Jude. It's actually very powerful and very alarming how the Antichrist entered. So it says here, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam. Now the only time in the New Testament that it speaks about this very like intensely in that one chapter, which is massive, is the book of Jude. And I'll be going into this to show you to show you the system of Balaam and how it attacks the true bride of Christ. So it says here, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Okay. Jeremiah 11, 8. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked everyone in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of covenant which I commanded them to do, but they didn't, but they did not, but they did them not. Okay, so here it shows you that they were rejecting God's covenants and they had a disobedience and it, it first manifested in their own imagination. Jeremiah 13, 10. I'm just quickly going through these. This evil people which refuses to hear my words, which walk in the imagination of their heart and walk after other gods to serve them and to worship them, shall even be as their girdle, which is good for nothing. Psalms 81.12 Now here, now here it says here, That lust, that word, their own lust, is the same word as shiraloth. It's the same word for imagination. So the word imagination now is coming up as the lust of the heart. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. So here imagination speaks of a heart, a, a, a lustful heart. So our imagination is driven by lust. We'll keep going. We go to the next word. Makeshabo. It's Hebrew 4284. The word defined as an intention, a device, invented, plan, and cunning. So this is something that's invented inside of you. Meaning that the enemy, when he comes, he tries to produce something from nothing. Are you understanding? Okay. Go to Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 18. And heart that divides wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief. Go to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 60 to 61. 
that has seen all their vengeance and, their, and all their imaginations against me. So you begin to see, I just want to take you a step back. Everything that they were doing from the outside was a result of their own imagination. You begin to see that type of kingdom that God wants to establish or Satan wants to establish. You begin to look so deeply inside. Okay. We go to Maskith, Hebrews 4.9.0.6. So this word is a bit different. This word for imagination means the word conceit. Conceit means to have pride in oneself. Okay? So an imagination, there are different types of imaginations. Most of them are Satan-driven. Can I ask you something? Does God speak to your imagination? Does God speak to your imagination? Or does God speak to your spirit? You begin to think. You begin to think. What is conquering? What's, what's overcoming? And what's being dominant in my life? Is it my imagination or is it God's spirit? God speaks to your spirit. You have your own spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. So Satan's busy in what? Inventing new things. Pride in oneself. Allowing you to operate in another in imagination. Because think about it like this. Why would Satan want to create an imagination inside of you? So you stop hearing from the Holy Spirit. It's, uh, you, you begin to see the greatest desire is for Satan to rule the area that God wants to rule. And how does he do that? Imagination. That's what the Bible says, take every thought captive to the mind and obedience of Christ. Now this is, this is just a teaching about where God focuses most. So a person who's highly opinionated, a person who's highly opinionated about a lot of things, he will struggle in his Christian walk. Because God's word is not an opinion, it's a truth. It's a truth. There's no opinion in God's word. There's just a path to walk with him. So when Satan creates an opinion in you through his, his imagination, what is he allowing you to do? Have an opinion other than God's word. How did Satan attack Eve? He made her have a different opinion about God. You understand? He made Eve have a different opinion about who God is. Then she took things in her own control. Are we understanding? So Satan's desire is for you to have another opinion other than God. That's why so many people have backup plans. If I don't get healed, I'll go to the hospital. If I don't get this blessing, I'll go get my own job. So many Christians today have so many backup plans. Why? Because they've done the very thing. Satan done the very thing to Eve is doing to you. It hurts, doesn't it? It's the truth, but. 
we have such a backup plan today for nearly every part of our life. You know why? Because we've believed that God cannot be dominant in this area. That's Satan's doing. Like it or not, I'll tell you the truth. It's the truth. Why God, the Bible says God shows himself strong on those who are loyal to him. Loyal. Loyal to what? What did God magnify above his name? His word. What does Satan want to attack? The authority of his word in you. What happens after that? When he attacks the authority of the word, you know from John chapter 10, verse 10, Satan comes to steal the word. Then you create a backup plan. Through what? Your imagination. Who's really doing that? Satan. Satan's the mastermind behind that. Because if you have a backup plan, yeah, your fear never has to get dealt with. Your control never has to be dealt with. Your insecurities never have to be dealt with. Your troubles never have to be dealt with. Because if this doesn't work for me, I can always fall to this. Are we understanding? Yes? So you begin to see. Satan creates an imagination in you. Look, look one of the meanings from imagination. Pride in oneself. That's the meaning of imagination. How does Satan do this? He takes the authority of God's word in you. You know how many Christians I meet every single week? We will have troubles. I don't shy away from that. We will have struggles. But the Bible says, take heart because he have overcome the world. Meaning we will overcome also. But the moment you have a backup plan, unfortunately, I'm sorry to tell you, but Satan has built another imagination in you. That I have a backup plan. Why so many people don't see true faith manifest is because they're like an octopus. Hand here, hand here, hand there, hand behind, hand behind. And they're thinking. <laughs> but it's, it's the truth. It's God alone. Do you actually believe that? It's God alone. But Satan will tell you, did God really say? Who did Satan really attack? He attacked God's character. He attacked God's character first. So she thought, hang on a second. Everyone goes to the hospital. Everyone gets sick. Everyone takes this medication. Everyone needs everything. Yeah. Everything other than what God can do. It's just something to think about. Because God wants us to have true and full assurance in Him alone. Ask the Father anything that you need in my name. God wants us to have this faith that he accomplished everything. Did he not? Did he not? He healed physical and spiritual. He restored physical and spiritual. You have to know this. But Satan, he's the mastermind of creating another imagination in you. So you don't trust God. Like an octopus. We have our hands everywhere. So look at that word there, maskith, conceit, imagination of maskith, pride in oneself. 
Okay. Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10 to 12. Look at this here. Second <laughs> Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10. Are we listening? What does Satan want? Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. What does Satan want? He wants you, he wants you, he wants you to, to, to sit in his fortress. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5 talks about a fortress. Satan wants you to be in his fortress. What is his fortress? Serve yourself. Pride in oneself. But look what it says here. Look how God, look how God rejects that. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. What Satan want to do? What is a stronghold? What is a stronghold? It is a strong tower. You know what a tower is? It's built in front of a castle, and you can see what happens inside, and you can see what happens outside. Meaning, you can see the enemy from inside the heart. You can see the enemy from outside trying to break the walls. Are you understanding? What is a strong tower? A strong tower was built in the olden days in the Middle East to look at the marketing. All the markets, they used to bring fruits and vegetables and whatever, a market. Everyone knows the market. Everyone goes to the market. They bring fruits, vegetables, and they sell everything. So a market symbolic of what we buy and sell in our hearts. Now the outside is more of an intruder trying to enter our heart. So that strong tower was formed to protect what we buy and sell inside our hearts, what we allow to come in, and the intruder trying to attack those walls inside. So Satan wanted to become a strong tower in us. How? By have, how we have an imagination about him inside, and then by having that imagination inside, we sin. So first, we buy and sell what he's offering, a backup plan, and then we go out, live for self, focus on self, and then we sin against God. Can you see it? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Now, next one. The rich man's wealth. Now, we're listening now. The marketing inside. Look at the market inside. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. So here it's showing us that a man's wealth is a tower for him. That's his security. How did he build that? In his imagination. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and as a high wall in his own conceit. Next scripture. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Now, how does a person become haughty, which allows him, unfortunately, to fall? How? When he trusts anything other than God. Okay. I know this is taken long. I don't normally share all these scriptures. But I have to implant something in you today. Let's go New Testament. 
The New Testament word is Diano. Diano. Yeah, thanks for that. So Diano is the Strong's 1271 for whoever is following. I'll give you the scripture for that. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 51. Luke chapter 1, verse 51. So the word Diano means to reason. Okay? A deep reasoning. It means a feelings, desires, way of thinking, mind or spirit, deep thoughts, whether good or bad. So this word is not evil. It can go both ways. So Luke chapter 1, verse 51. This is Mary's song that she sang to the Lord. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. So here you begin to see here, you begin to see here what's Satan's plan. To allow you to remain in Satan's warfare is to build an imagination outside of God's word. So you look back at your life now, every area of your life, has Satan imprinted an imagination that is outside of God? You begin to see. Look here. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. How do you become proud? When you have an imagination outside of God's truth. Next word. That was only one scripture for that. The next word. Dialogomogos. Dialogomos. Dialogomos. Yeah. Okay. Take it easy. Take it easy. Okay, that, word, that word is the Strong's 1261. Now, this is something else. So, this is Satan's warfare. I just want to tell you what he does. Okay? Just take a step back. Take it easy on me. Now, this word is something different. Okay? This word is when he debates inside of you. There's a debating happening. But this is, this is regarding... This is regarding evil. That word is regarding evil. Okay? Let me explain. So this word means to debate internally. It means a dispute inside of you. It means to argue inside of you. It means to doubt inside of you. It means a hesitation inside of you. And how does he do that? Discussions regarding what is true. Deliberating, questioning what is true, and inward reasoning. This is one way that Satan builds his imagination in you. And argue happens. You know how many believers today? Um, they compare their lives to other believers. Is this right? We are to compare our life to Jesus full stop. You know why? Because he fulfilled it. He paved the way for us. The only person... We are to mimic Christ. Paul says to follow me. He was so obedient to the Spirit. But so many Christians today, the way they build the imaginations, it's okay. God didn't heal this man. It's okay. Maybe healing is not for us. We build a false imagination of God. You understand? You understand? God 
didn't bless this man, maybe we are meant to suffer in this area. This is how we build a false imagination of God. You understand? You understand? You begin to see now? Satan wants to argue about who God is. Can you please listen? Imagination. Satan wants to argue about God to you. So, I'll give an example. There's many examples. How many people come to me and they don't have a job? How many people come to me and their situation is dull? How many people come to me and they can't see the light? Satan's job through your imagination is to argue with you that God is not capable. You know how he does this? You know how he does this? The person he stops praying. The argue happens inside. Are we listening? The argue happens inside. You stop focusing on walking with him. You stop praying. You stop seeking him with all your heart because the argue has become true to you. Do you just fall for any reason? Does anyone fall and stop walking for any reason? No. Satan, he argues to you. God, he cannot fulfill you in this area. Then naturally, you know what? God is good, but I'll, I'll, I'll see where, I'll, I'll get my own job. A job's not evil. But God, I believe, focuses on every area of your life. True? It's true. God wants to be the author of everything. Yes or no? It's true. So what does Satan do? He argues to you. No, everyone goes through this. That's how he gets you. He argues to you. Then what does a person do? He stops praying. He stops walking. He stops seeking him. And then the... Well, I don't want to do that walk here. But then they walk and they can't be bothered to live anymore. Their attitude stinks. Why? Why does someone leave the path of God? Because Satan's argued with them. Why is Romans 12? Can we get Romans 12? 12 2? Is it 12? Be patient in affliction. What's that scripture? Romans 12. Romans 12, 12. Is it? Romans 12, 12. Yeah. Why? Why does it say be patient? Because the, then the accuser comes. He argues about God. Look at your situation. It's dull. You're not going to make it. You're going to fail. You're going to live a difficult life. That's all you've known in the past. He argues with you. What does he argue with? What's present? We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. What does Satan attack us in the realm of what? The flesh. He lets you see what you see in the natural. But God sees what he can see in the spiritual. That's why the Bible says the word he speaks to you is what? Spirit and life. God can't bless you through the flesh. He blesses you through the spirit. So when you speak the word of God, the Holy Spirit has to come. Whether you like it or not, it's going to come. Your blessing will come. Your breakthrough will come. Your, your restoration will come. But God can't bless you through that realm of the flesh. What is the realm of the flesh where Satan's arguing in your heart? I know no one wants to hear this, but it's the truth. 
Satan wants to debate you, debate you about God, about the goodness of God. That is his plan. And he only does this when your situation is dull, when you can't see the light, when you're just about to give up. He comes at an opportune time. You understand? He's the master at this. You get it? So what, what imagination is Satan trying to do against you? Argue with you about God. And there's one thing he wants you to do, is he wants you to see God through the eyes of Satan. Incapable. God cannot get me through this. Naturally, you stop walking with him. So, so many people ask me every week, why have I left the path of God? Why have I stopped following him? Why don't I have any commitment? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Because he's argued and he's made you believe that it's true. That's why. So many people are stuck today in their journey is because they've believed Satan's argument. Have you ever thought about it like that? Look what he done to Eve. Did God really say that if you eat this, you're going to die? He attacked God's character. And what he does with you every day when your situation's dull, where you can't see a breakthrough, when you're not moving forward, the argument, he becomes true to you. So when an imagination outside of God's word becomes true to you, you know Satan's convinced you in this area. Why the Bible says the word he speaks is spirit and truth? Because the Holy Spirit comes upon the truth. When you speak it, you create faith. You have to understand. That's why Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, every word proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan cannot answer you when you quote God's word. Why? It's settled in heaven. It's settled. The only way we can approach God now is what? By the flesh or by faith? It's impossible to please him, but without faith. It's only faith that we can please him. So you begin to see Someone, I always had that nagging question in my heart. Why does a person stop praying? Why does a person lose commitment? Why does a person come to a place and he's given up? It's because Satan's argued in him that God is not capable to get him through this or whatever you're going through. You think about it. I wasn't meant to spend half an hour in this, but... But I felt just to stamp this one, especially. So, dialogomos. It means to debate internally. It means to dispute in you, argue in you, doubting, hesitation, discussion regarding what is true. Well. How, how we have to be so effective as Christians and we have to be so sober. Hey, when you're going through something, you better watch your heart closely. Yes? Every person here, when you're going through something, watch your heart, what he's trying to argue about in you.
So that word is the Strong's 1261. And it's questioning what is true. It's an inward reasoning. So someone, someone came to me. Oh, actually. Um, is Eddie here? Eddie? Eddie Odib? Is he? He ran away? Hey, call him. I just want to share how the Holy Spirit was good. This testimony is a good one. I encourage you. So he's going to think oh, he's in trouble now because he's not sitting in here. I didn't say nothing to him. Okay. Okay. He's gone, is he? Well, it's a good one. So Eddie, so, so I'll, I'll share. I believe that there's nothing wrong with sharing what God done for him. Uh, but Eddie come to me and we were fellowshipping. And, and I shared about what I'm sharing here, but in a different way. And we're speaking and we're speaking and he continued to fellowship. He was in a hard situation. Work was hard for him. He wasn't getting any work. There was no breakthrough. And we're in the presence of the Lord. We're fellowshipping. We're worshipping the Lord. We're speaking about the Lord. And it's a good thing. And the Holy Spirit come upon me. Tell him I'm going to give him a work in government work. And I said, Eddie, um, the Holy Spirit told me that you're going to get work in government work. And the Holy Spirit identified a few things that had to be addressed in his heart by the grace of God. Humbly I say this. And three weeks later, he got a government work. And it was from nothing. But the Holy Spirit spoke it to him. So who gives you work? Who gives you work? So many people are not game to wait for him. There's a difference. When God blesses you with something, it lasts. When God blesses you with something, it doesn't take you away from God. You pay attention. I can't tell you how many times this has happened, what I'm sharing regarding him. But someone who said, a Lebanese guy in a government job? <laughs> Yeah, God is good. God is good. It doesn't. It doesn't like in the Western here. It doesn't. It doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> but look what the Holy Spirit said. See, when God gives something, it will come. But what did He do? He's desperate. He's fellowshipping. He's desperate. He's seeking wise counsel. He's desperate, and he's wanting to know more God more and more. God blessed. Yeah. fellowshipping, getting to know him, keeping your heart right. And the Holy Spirit spoke in the right time. Three weeks later, he got the government job. Specific word from the Holy Spirit. Go to, there's one scripture for this word, Romans 1. Chapter 18, verse 32. I think I'll stop here. I think so. So, here. Now, I just want, I just want you to understand something. All this scripture I'm going to read to you, it's formed in one area. And it's birthed in one area. Just pay attention. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness 
and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imagination. You have to understand, everything that you do from the outside, whether good or bad, it's regarding the imagination of what's inside of your heart and your mind. Are, are you understanding? So you have another kingdom inside here, where God can reign or Satan can reign. And how does Satan reign? When he turns off the truth inside of you. By arguing with you, debating with you, trying to make you believe that God is not capable to give you breakthrough in this area. So what do you do? You sit there in the corner and you get bashed. You get the word of God out and you say, Satan, this is what God says. This is how you fight. You pray in the spirit, fast, meditate on scripture, speak in scripture regarding the situation that you're in, every situation that you're in, you get the word of God to fight in this area. What's the point of doing something for God and you're in bondage? What's the point of going and winning souls and you're affected in this area? Get the word of God and speak yourself out of that situation. So here it says, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the served and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was met, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, magnanimity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, Implaceable, unmerciful, 
who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So here, I want you to understand something here. Everything that's happening inside of you begins in the imagination of your heart and your mind. Make no mistake, we cannot blame Satan for anything anymore, but we have to take responsibility for what's in our heart. Because if you truly take responsibility for what's in your heart, God will allow you to overcome every obstacle. He will allow you to be delivered from sin. He will allow you to be delivered from the flesh. He will be, uh, allow you to be delivered from uh, disobedience, rebellion. He will allow you to overcome every area. But the truth is, we don't know what's actually happening in our imagination. And you begin to see the... You begin to see, there's one more word, but I'm going to leave it for next week because it's, it's too much. But you begin to see, imagination is something big in the Bible. And you begin to see how Satan attacks. One word, be lovers of themselves. Uh, focus on self. The other one is to, the other one is to argue within you. The other one is to draw an object inside of you, to, to bring a picture in your mind, to draw a picture, to make you deceived through a picture, through a vision or a picture. And you begin to see all the areas that he attacks. And so many believers today, they're, they're not awake in this area. But you begin to see all your life from the outside is a result of what's happening inside. Your whole imagination is what's dictating your life today. For God or for the devil. So I want you just to pay attention for all that teaching. I know it's a lot. But I just want you to understand that everything that's happening in you is not by mistake. You begin to see how Satan he tries one area, he fails in this area, he comes to you with another thing. If he doesn't get you here, he gets you there. And so many Christians today, I'm tired, you know, I don't want to spend time in God's word. And you know, like I, I prayed today and believe me, your life is a life of prayer. Your life is a life of prayer. Why? You think about it. Am I praying to feel good with God? Or am I praying that I can walk in his truth, have discernment and walk by the spirit? Because the Bible tells you that if you, if, you, if you don't walk by the Spirit, you will naturally be guided by the flesh. And the flesh does everything that is contrary to the Word of God or contrary to the Spirit. So you begin to see that the moment your guard goes down is the moment that the imagination begins to take more and more of you. And you begin to see the different tactics of the enemy argument inside of you, disputing inside of you. On the other hand, if he can't get you in this way, focus on yourself. Serve yourself. This is Satan's master plan. And we've seen Satan to come as fear or to come to attack me with fear or to attack my problem. It's deeper than that. Okay, so let's pray. I hope it wasn't too much. I know a lot of scriptures were here.
We just pray. Just open your hands to the Lord. We thank you. You begin to think, am I arguing with myself inside? <laughs> you begin to think as believers, am I arguing with, or the cunning serpent is arguing with me to make me doubt, to make me, to make me sure that God is not the author and strong in this area. You begin to think, all the arguments that happened to me, it's come from who? It comes from who? Satan. He's the author of disputes. He's the author of making you doubt. Can God deliver me in this area? And something that I want to hit home with is that very thing. There's such an argument happening inside of them, they don't know it's Satan. They don't know it's And I want to encourage you, for a believer today, you have to be so sensitive to the Word and to the Spirit. Because most times when we go through struggles, yes, there, Satan is also there. Making you dispute and fight that God's not strong. God can't give you help. God can't deliver you. God can't heal you. God can't restore you. God can't provide for you. You see? You see, how many people have gone through this here? The Holy Spirit allowed me to focus on this only when I was preaching. I failed in the past, I'm going to fail again. He's this. You need to know, you need to know these things so you can be effective. So let's pray. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We worship you today and we thank you. Lord, I pray for every heart here that they are comforted in you. I thank you, Lord, for everything you've done and for allowing us to know the deeper schemes of Satan so that we can follow you in such a truthful way. Lord, I pray for every person here that they hunger for you, that they thirst for you. I thank you, Lord, that you alone allows us to be full. And I pray for every person and their families they are strengthened in you and they are protected. But I pray, Lord, that you allow us to walk more and more in your armor, more and more in your truth, more and more in your spirit. Lord Jesus, I pray for every soul here that they may be strengthened and know that this walk is a life of warfare, is a life of surrender. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's a life to be set apart. And I pray, Lord, that this grace comes upon all of us, that our worship may be true to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And for all the people here that are married, and while you're waiting for God to come to them, don't argue with them. Don't argue with them. Because your prayers become hindered. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And every argument today, it's settled in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Every argument that's happened up to now, we bind every stronghold, every thought, every instrument agent that Satan has used against every believer, and we pull it down in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pull it down. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. Thank you. Just when they're waiting for their jobs, just put your hands up. I pray for you. For the people that are praying for jobs, put your hand up. We thank you, Jesus. We this name. He said, when two more agree on something on earth, it will be done in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you supply them with a job that is from your hand. Thank you. I rebuke any delay. Any delay that Satan has caused in your life, we push it back in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that there is no more delay because faith is present. We declare breakthrough over 